You have just entered the Royal Access, the show for growth-minded game changers seeking God's direction in their relationships and careers. I'm your host, Coral Pinder, and I'm super excited about growing along with you. Now let's dive in to this episode. Welcome everybody to another episode of The Raw Access. It's your girl, Corel, and we are starting a new series. I hope you enjoyed the series we just came out of. I know that it caused a lot of conversation to happen either within the World Access community, on Facebook when I posted it on my regular status, and throughout just individually, people as they evaluated their lives and things that they feel like the Holy Spirit is leading them to do and what is culture or our society leading them to do. And I think it's always important, like I said, throughout that series, whatever it is, because maybe you have some what if questions about other things in your life and you're like, y'all didn't discover this topic or y'all didn't dig deep. I think whatever it is, if you have wondered in your heart, like some believers believe this and some believers believe that, and there's a divide when it comes to the believers. So who should I, what should I choose? Which believer should I follow? I think at the end of the day, like we said, and throughout the entire series, you should always follow Christ's will for your life. The Holy Spirit lives within you. So going to the word, reading the Holy Spirit and making your decision solely based on that, not what somebody else does, not what somebody else says isn't correct or what somebody else says they believe is correct. What do you believe? Because your relationship with God is a personal relationship. And that helps us to dive into our new series that we are about to begin. And the series that we are talking about is relationship versus religion, relationship versus religion. I would say within the past 10 years, and maybe it's been before that, but I would say for me, it's been within the past 10 years that I have really heard a conversation by preachers that are taught about not focusing so much on religion, and focusing more on relationship. And today's topic is don't let religion kill your witness. Don't let religion kill your witness. So one of our main goals on earth is to bring others to Christ. It's to worship Christ, glorify Christ, you know, please Christ, but you also tell others about his goodness. And so some people, I think it's really hard to tell others about the goodness of God because you're so focused on religion. And so I grew up in a pastor's house in a Christian culture. And so I would say that as a small child, what I was following was religion, which is, you know, rules, a doctrine, something that we have to follow, like this and this and this, this is, it's, it's legalistic. These are the things you should do. These are the things you should not do. And if you don't do them, you get punished. And if you, you do do them, you'll be rewarded. And that's kind of how religion was embedded in me. And I do think that having that foundation is, is key, but I think it's even more important than having a foundation of just religion, having that foundation of God's grace and what relationship looks like is something that we should be beginning to teach our children. And so for some people, they're afraid to witness because they know that they're not perfect. And I think what we have to realize is that when you are a believer, you're not saying I'm a perfect human being, even though that society would want you to portray as if you're perfect. You're saying I'm a holy being. I'm holy. So that means I'm set apart, that I surrendered my life to God, allowed him to wash me away. And so as a human, when I do sin and I go through those things, then I'm going to the grace of God to continue to purify my heart, continue to help me to grow. So we don't have to be afraid to be a witness to other people because that's what God has called us to do. So there's two scriptures 
that I want to talk about. And then I want to go into a little bit of my experience with religion and relationship and how that affected my witness. So I think that we have to really realize that if we are believers and we surrendered our lives to God and said, you know, God, this is what I want to do. I want to love you. I want to be in relationship with you. He has called us to go and witness to others. So first Peter three fifteen and 16 said, instead you must worship Christ as Lord of your life ruler of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it, but do this in a gentle and respectful way. If we are not in relationship with God, if we do not realize the grace that God gives us, it's hard for us to give grace to others. And I'm telling you, I'm about to tell you all about my, my different experiences. It's very hard for us to give grace to other people. If we grow up in religion, a very rule, do this, do that. We should be able to explain our hope as a believer, not beat someone over the stick about right and wrong and morality. Okay. So first Peter 3, 15 to 16 said, instead you must worship Christ as your Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it, but do this in a gentle and respectful way. The next one is Mark 16 and 15. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, to every creature. And so therefore we know that as believers who are surrendered, the word says it plainly that we should be witnessing to other people. But religion sometimes kills our witness because it's not the best way to, to go about showing someone that this is something that they want to be a part of. And sometimes I think people don't even evaluate, do I want to be a Christian? Do I want to believe or do I not want to go to hell? Because those are two different things. Like some people say, no, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I think, no, I say that as a caveat because I just don't want to go to hell. And for the longest, like when someone says, when someone used to ask me, like, why do you believe? I used to be like, well, you know, it's the safety net because, you know, I was, I was brought up on religion and the way I see it. If you wrong, um, you going to hell. Um, but if I'm wrong, I led a moral life the whole time I'm here and I go to heaven. If you're right, nothing happens when we die, then what's wrong with me living a moral life and finding hope in Christ? What's wrong with that? Like, I'm not missing out on anything. I'm not going to be like, oh my God, I could have been sleeping with a bunch of dudes. Oh my God, I could have been getting drunk on the weekend and not remembering anything. Oh my God, I could have got smoked and get high to the point where, you know, maybe it would have messed with my brain and I would have just, my brain would have been fried and I would be walking around like not knowing anything for the rest of my life. Like, dang, I miss that. Living that moral life. Oh my God. So that was, that was my cheeky response. And even though I still think there's a point to that cheeky response, I don't think that's a good example of a witness because there are people who like to sleep around and be free with their bodies. So no, I would be mad that, you know, Christ didn't exist if I went and did all that. So no, thanks. I'm going to be free with my body. So that's not a good way to witness when that's the way. And then I was very religion. Like I would go out to the club in college until two, three o'clock in the morning, but nine o'clock in the morning, I'm in church every Sunday. I went to church every Sunday in college. I'm a million miles away from home. I'm in Canada, but there was something in me like, you need to go to church. Jesus Lord, just like, go to church. I don't care if you came home three o'clock, five o'clock, you need to go to church. Every set, like I did not miss a Sunday, but that was religion. That was religion in place because if relationship was in place, then there would have been conviction about some of the things that I was engaged in. I, you know, when I was in relationships, I felt because I was very religious and I knew wrong from right. I felt a pain when I engaged in premarital sex in my relationships 
before I was serious about my faith, when I was just hopping on religion. But another thing that religion does when it says like, you know, if you do good, you'll be rewarded. If you do bad, you'll be punished. For some people, you're like, I don't know. I'm out here having sex. I'm out here getting drunk. I'm out here and ain't really nothing bad happening to me, to me, in my mind. In my mind, I'm good. But one of the things that we have to realize is Satan usually gives us a very long road. But the point is, that's still not a good way to witness. It's still not a good way to witness because some people may say this person is living way better than you and they do not follow Christ. So this whole do good, get good, do bad, get bad. I don't know. They've been kind of living how they wanted to live and they're doing, you know, so that's not a good way to witness because some people can give you examples in life of where someone seems to the world to seem like they're winning over you. And we know that when we are faithful to Christ, that our treasures are like laid up in heaven. So some people may say, well, I'm on earth now. I want to enjoy my time now. So that doesn't even appeal to me. And so again, if you try to witness with religion as your focus, you're going to keep coming up against hard rocks because I go to church every Sunday. You do the same thing as me all weekend and then you go to church on Sunday. I don't get it. Like, not for me, fam. I'd rather just do everything I'm doing and then sleep. Like, because you're trying to beat people over the stick with, oh, if you do good, good will happen to you. No, you do good and good doesn't always happen to you. So boom, like this religion, this legalistic of you have to do this or you have to, or making someone feel like they have to be perfect. Then you look like a hypocrite because you're not perfect. You sin in every day, whether it's intentional or whether it's just because you're human and you realize that, oh my gosh, I'm slipping into gossip again. You sin every day. So you, what I had to realize is that you're continually sinning. You're in a sinful relationship. And so when I really, I think, was introduced to relationship, because I started to talk, even before 2013, when I took the year off, I would have periods of talking to God, you know, having, you know, Facebook sends you memories. And I'm like, oh, I used to be talking about Jesus even before 2013. So I had a relationship with God. I remember doing fast and stuff like that. And, and I think, but I think it was more driven by the fact that I knew I was messing up and I was just like, I need to get back on the straight and narrow and fasting is something that you do to get back on the straight and narrow. So I wouldn't even say that I was getting back on the straight and narrow because of a relationship with God. It was almost just like, you know how you were raised and you know that this does not reflect that. So maybe you should go on a fast. Maybe you should take some time and really talk to God, so on and so forth. And so that was some of the things that I did before 2013. So I think one of the things that happened is like, I think the first time I went on a fast and I really spent time with God, I lost a lot of weight. Um, the fast wasn't about losing weight, but I was actually actively working out because I was preparing for a pageant. Like I was coming out of a relationship. I felt God told me to go on a pageant, but I felt like he told me to kind of cut myself off. So I kind of came off the social media. I kind of like detached myself and I just kind of prepared for this pageant. And at the end of the pageant, I won. And so it almost made me have that reward-based system that religion does like you did good. You set yourself apart from everybody. You focused on God. Um, and I won. And I think like a month later, I got in a new relationship too. So it was like a seventh month of just, you know, detoxing from the world. And I came out on the other side and I won a pageant. I never did a pageant in my life. I'm competing against people who were pageant people. Um, I ended up in a relationship like a month later. It just seemed like I was just getting these overflow of blessings during that time. And so after that, I kind of got cocky of, all right, like you do this and God's going to give you that. 
at God's like a genie. And so I was in a season of my life where I was just like doing stuff and feeling like I was reaping the reward from doing good. And so the it wasn't really based on relationship. It was still based on a reward system of, okay, let me get close to God. Let me read my Bible. Let me do my things. And then God's going to keep having great things happen in my life physically. And I think that that's a, uh, that's a very scary place to be because it's legalistic, it's religion. And then one, you're not even doing all good. You're still messing up in different areas of your life. So it's not even, you know, making sense. And so when it became about relationship is I think during the time when I went through another rough breakup right before I took the year challenge and I was doing stuff, I felt like I was doing stuff to kind of get God's attention again. And the results that I wanted on earth wasn't happening. So the thing is, I think before the results aligned with God's will for my life. But when the things that you want don't align with God's will for your life, it's not going to happen. And therefore, then you feel like you're reaching a brick wall. That's when relationship is super important because God doesn't give us everything that we want. He gives us what we need. So just because you've had seasons in your life where you're like, I want something, I want something. And then you sit there talking about, oh, I manifested this in my life. You didn't manifest Jack. That was a line and purpose for your life. And so that is why that happened, but you didn't manifest anything. And I think God needs to use and God, you know, just strategically use moments where you want something so bad, whether it's in a timing or a certain person or a certain thing or a certain, you know, thing to map. You, you want that to happen so bad. And when it's not God's will for your life, I feel like, you know, you're crying, you're hurting, you're overwhelmed, but God is saying that wasn't the will I had for your life. So I understood relationship when things that I wanted didn't align with what God had for my life. And it forced me to go to God and say, what up, what up, G? What it do? What, what is, go- what's really going on? Like what's really good? Because in the past, I would take some time to pray. I would take some time to come on social media. I would get really focused on your word. I would read the Bible. And now, I don't know. I don't feel like you're looking out for your girl. I feel like your girl out here just, I don't know. I feel like you wild. Like, I want to know. And so I think that is when relationships started. And like, you need to think of it like a relationship you have on earth. I feel like you have examples on earth of relationship. And so you may feel like with your parents, if I be obedient, my parent is going to give me this as a reward. And if I'm disobedient, my parents not going to do that. And then when you get to a point where, you're doing something and then your parents says no. And you're like, what? Like I did everything that I needed to do. And now you're saying no. And when you say like, I'm not going to talk to you. Okay. Whatever. When you don't give me what I want, I'm not going to lean into you. I'm not going to, you know, be nice to you. I'm not going to be respectful of you. I'm not going to follow what you would want me to do. And that doesn't work. If you're in a relationship, and you're in a relationship, you're dating someone and you know, you're like, oh babe, I want to go to dinner on Friday night. We go to dinner on Friday night. Oh babe, I want to do this. You know, I'll, I'll come and support your soccer game. Let's do this. Boom. And then something comes up in your relationship and you're like, babe, I want to make this big trip. And they're like, yeah, no, I don't think it's good because I need to do something with my family during that time. And then you start acting out of pocket with babe because babe didn't make sure that the next thing that you wanted worked. But that's what we do with God. Like you can understand why your your significant other would be upset. You can understand why your parent would be upset if you acted out every time you didn't get your way. But what's happening is this relationship is not a relationship because you love me. I love you. You want to see us grow together and find out the best thing that works for both of us. You want your way, period. 
And what we say about those relationships is that person is selfish and I don't want to be with that person because if it's not happening the way that person wants it to happen, it's not going to happen. And that's how we have to think about our relationship with God. And so when my year challenge ended and there was no husband at the year and the year challenge, I had to say, God, what to do? And I had to learn that, you know, sometimes the things that you want are not a part of God's will for your life. And when I look back on my life and look at all of the things that God has brought me through, that is what relationship is about. That is what the growth of the relationship is about. And that's what people need to know. People need to know that I'm not telling you to live like this so you don't go to hell. I'm telling you that there is a guide that's the Holy Spirit that is given to you when you accept and believe in Christ that he is your savior, that will guide you on this journey. I'm not saying that this guide takes you everywhere you want to go, but at the end of the day, he's taking you on a fulfilling path that is going to fill you up to bring you joy, to bring you peace, to bring you fulfillment, and you will be able to be restored daily because you're going to get down daily. I think sometimes people feel like if I accept Christ, I'm good for the rest of my life. No. And then you're like, why am I depressed today? If I got Jesus, why am I overwhelmed? If I got Jesus, why am I frustrated? If I got Jesus, why am I angry? If I got Jesus, why am I irritated? Because it's daily. Meditate on the word day and night. It's a daily thing. But I promise you, if you go and get fuel, it's like, it's like, yes. It's like saying, oh, I filled my tank. I believe. And then you don't fill your tank anymore. Your car is going to stop working. Oh, I believe I'm not going to eat anymore. No, you eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Same way you eat, same way you feed your physical body every day. You need to fill your spiritual body every day, or you will be weak, or you will be, you will constantly feel frustrated, constantly feel angry, constantly feel overwhelmed. And that's a relationship that you need to build, that we need to build with Christ so that I feel the joy, I feel the peace. And you remember, joy despite what's going on, I still feel this, you know, gladness, even though everything's not going well. That's what joy is. Happiness is something happened and I'm happy. Peace is everything is that all the puzzles are not coming together, but I feel this weird stillness that something's going to work out in God's favor. That's peace. Peace is being able to be still in the middle of the storm. So the only way that I could have joy, things are going exactly the way that I want it, but there's some form of gladness and I don't know where it came from. That's based on relationship. The only way that I could have peace is there's turmoil going on, but there's a stillness that everything's got to work out. That comes from Christ. And so the world tells us, get this, get that, get the money, get the cars, get the relationship, get this, get the spotlight, get the fame. The world is telling us, get that. But then people who have that are committing suicide. People who have that are not living fulfilling lives. And so what I want you to know is that before you can be a witness to someone, you have to understand, am I operating out of religion or am I operating out of relationship where I talk to God consistently morning and night? I've surrendered. And when I don't get what I want, I have a frank conversation of walk me through what is alignment for you, Christ so that I can have peace, so that I can have joy, so that I can have fulfillment on this earth. Help me to help me to do that. And then when you have that understanding for yourself, it's easier for you to be a witness. Okay. So there's some three, the three things I want you to jot down. If you're someone who takes notes, the first three things I want you to jot down is the difference between religion and relationships. So religion says I have to speak to God when I'm in church. 
When I go to church, when I go to a priest, if I'm a Catholic, that's how I talk to God. Every Sunday, once a week. If you ate once a week, you would be hungry as ever. Like you eat once a day and you're hungry. I ate once yesterday and I was just like, ah, I was an animal. So if you eat once a week, you won't be garbage. So you literally have to be in your word in the morning and the night. Like if you're going to eat food, it's like, oh, I should read my word at the same time. Because relationship understands that God is omnipresent. So that omnipresent means that God is everywhere and anywhere. And I could have conversation with God on, in, in, on my drive. I could have conversation with God when I'm in the gym. I can have a conversation with God when I'm running on the road. I can have a conversation with God when I'm cooking. I can have a conversation with God when I'm showering. I can always have a conversation with God because he's omnipresent. Religion says in church once a week. Okay. I remember I had a, a conversation with God on the beach before because I was venting. And this is what I'm telling you about. This is what relationship is. It's being frank and honest with God. Like I had applied for a million grants and I hold, held a whole entire session on how to study and prepare and get a grant. And then I didn't get the grant. Like I told them how to prepare for the grant. Some of the people that came to my free session on how to prepare their grant got the grant and I didn't get the grant. And I was like, Holy Spirit. I'm sorry. And a few weeks later, I was called to lead the program for the persons who were receiving the grant. And within leading the program, I got maybe five times more I was asking for in grant money. And God's like, I want to do bigger and better. And when you have a conversation with me, you're able to tap into that and you're able to be humble and see what I'm trying to do. So I wanted the 5,000 and God's like, I want to do more. I want to do exceedingly abundantly more. I want you to teach the whole entire program and I'm going to pay you for it. And that's what God does. That's what God does in our lives. And I'm so happy for it because again, even with the 5,000, I would have had to been instructed or been monitored on what to spend it on. But when I was paid for my services as a trainer, we could decide to use it however we needed to use it within the company. And so when God says, trust me when I say, wait, and that's a reminder for me, even just now, that was a testimony to me just now, of re relationships said that God is anywhere, anywhere. And I had that conversation on the beach, God revealed that to me, and then I saw it manifest. So I need you to know that he's anywhere and having those frank conversations can happen anywhere. Religion says, number two, religion says, I depend on leaders only to give me revelation of the word um, and the way that God wants to work in my life. Relationship says, I understand that God is omniscience, that God is all knowing. And if the Holy Spirit lives within me and I sit still enough to hear the Holy Spirit, I can understand what God is saying to me. I can hear God for myself. So I can read the word and hear God for myself. I don't, I don't have to. I don't have to wait on anybody else. I can hear God for myself, okay? Religion says I need to follow rules. Remember, we talked about it's about rules. I got to go to church on Sunday. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do that. That's rules. That's religion. Relationship knows that God is omnibenevolence. And so it says that God is all loving. He's all loving, okay? So when we know that God is all loving and he gives us grace all the time, then we are so open to experiencing that grace of God. We are so open to, to being in that, that space 
and knowing that he has love for us. And so his grace is sufficient. So when I do mess up, I'm not trying to mess up. I'm not messing up on purpose. But when I do mess up, it's not about a rule. It's about fostering that love for God. Like I'm obedient. The word says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. I, it, when I tell people all the time, if you're married, you don't want to cheat on your spouse. Why? Oh, I've never cheated on a spouse. I love him. I love that. So why is it so easy for us to disregard things that are in the word of God that God has asked us to do when we love Christ and we are in a relationship with Christ? If we know that selfishness kills any kind of friendship, you're not going to backstab your friend. You're not going to do something that your friend, okay, your friend says they don't like it when you always leave the bill for them to pay. You walk up the restaurant and leave the bill for them to pay. You're like, oh, who would do that? That's not courteous. When you talk behind their back, I would never talk behind my friend's back. I love her. Why would I talk behind her back? But why do we do things that displease God if we love God? So again, it cannot be about religion and following rules. It has to be about, you don't, you don't do right by your friend. Okay, the rule says you should do this. You don't do right by your friend because the rule says, oh, I should do this for my friend. You do right by your friend because you love your friend. That's why you do right. And so when you think about religion, I want you to know that religion says, I have to speak to God in church. Religion just says, I can speak to God anytime, anywhere. Religion says, I depend on leaders to fill me. Relationship says that I don't need to depend on that. I can have a communication and conversation with God myself. Religion says, I need to follow rules. Relationships that it's about love. And because I just simply love God, I'm going to do what he wants me to do. So what I want you to know again is religion kills your witness, but it's killing your witness because you don't understand relationship for yourself. Because if we did understand relationship, we know that there's a way to communicate with other people to tell them about God without feeling like overwhelmed. And so I want to give you four ways to, how do I spread the gospel? How do I go ye into all of the world and preach the gospel? How do I explain in a gentle and respectful way that who God is and who he is in my life to other people. How do I do that? How do I do that? If I am, you know, nervous or overwhelmed or don't know what to say. So the first one is invite someone to a live, a Facebook live, a small group, a virtual church. A lot of my friends that were not, um, they might've had a you know, acknowledgement of God, or yeah, I believe God exists, but saying have a relationship with God, I invited them. And some who didn't go to church at all, some who don't go to church at all didn't come. But every Sunday in the pandemic, we used to do Transformation Church and we used to watch it live on Zoom. And so I think that that was very helpful for a lot of people who wanted to grow in their relationship with God. So inviting someone to a virtual church or small group, they may say no, but that's a good start without just having that track. Um, the second one is when someone's going through a hard time, offer to pray for them or just sending a prayer in general on new year's Eve every year for the last ooh, five or six years, I make a list of people that I want to call and I call them and pray for them. And this is my prayer for you for the new year. And a lot of people have come to, and, and some are believers, some are not believers. And they're like, even though I, I love when the persons who are not even believers are like, I look forward to your prayer every year because they just like the fact that there's some blessing going over them as they go throughout that year. So you could just be a, a 
a prayer because I think people understand that sometimes when I'm overwhelmed, money's not going to solve my issue. Fame's not going to solve my issue. Having a body next to me is not going to solve my issue. I need some inner peace. And so that prayer brings that. And so when you have that for yourself, you're able to pass that on to others. So that's number two. Number three, volunteer for mission or outreach. When I did missions in Greece, they told us different ways to walk up to people and talk to them about the love of God. And so it kind of helps you. But even if you don't, just volunteering in a setting is able to show your love. Number four, live a life that's set apart. Live a life that's that's different, where you're not being judgmental of other people. When you're a giver, you're always creating peace and harmony. I think people will start to realize, like, that person, they're always giving. And that's something I need to work on. Like, they're like, she's so giving. She's so loving. She's, there's something different about her. So not the, the, the rules and regulations, but how about the same love and relationship you have with Christ, you give that to others. If you live a life that's set apart, people will just see that and they'll be drawn to Christ because of that. So the four things I want you to do is think about inviting someone to a live, a small group, or a virtual trip, church. Number two, when someone's going through a rough time, pray for them or just randomly say, hey, can I pray for you? Someone may say no. Number three, volunteer for mission or outreach every Monday, once a month at our church, we now do Mission Mondays. So we go out and, and, and give back. And so even joining a group, if you're like, I don't know who's doing any kind of mission, join a group and do some mission. And so people can know the love of Christ through it. So when they ask you, like, you know, you know, what's different about you, you know, how you were able to do it, it's because of God and live a life that's set apart, that's giving, that's that. And that's also going after your dreams. I remember when we did Sarah's wedding and it was completely sold out, never did a play before. And it was like, eight nights of sold out nights. And this lady came to me, she's not a believer. And she said, oh my God, you did that. You just crushed that. I said, no, no, God did that. God did it. And she's like, no, you did it. I said, God did it. It's God. Everything that I do in my life is God. God did it. It's not me. Don't try to give me a swell head. Yes, the seats were filled because of God. The play was good because of God. Uh, all of this happened because of God. Like give back the glory. And you don't have to do it in a condescending way, but always want to give God that glory. And so I hope as you go through your journey that you are putting relationship first and you are putting religion down because religion will kill your witness. So once you establish like, you know, my relationship with God is a relationship with God, not because I'm trying to escape hell, just because I know that in this life and in this journey, having the guide of the Holy Spirit is much more fulfilling. It has much more joy and much more peace. Thank you for listening to the Royal Access Podcast. Be sure to learn more about how to connect with us in the show notes below. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend. We would also love for you to consider leaving a rating or a review. Until next time, I'm Corel Pinder, your truth-telling accountability partner.